everybody. Ray Bram here. Welcome to the podcast that will help you increase the income and influence of your book beyond royalties. Book Profit Secrets with Ray Bram starts now. Everybody, Ray Bram here. Welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, this is another car edition, but heck, I think I get my best ideas while I'm driving. It's certainly not when you're sitting at your desk, right? You know, you get your ideas in the shower or when you're laying in bed before you fall asleep. And of course, you forget them the next morning. Or you, you know, driving. Usually when your mind knows you can't write something down, that's when it decides to deliver your best stuff. So let's see if it does it today. Uh, but, I, you know, what I really want to talk to you about today is what I'm calling the the anti-connector. Are you doing things, it's one of those sayings like, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. You're either, you know, your, your business is either growing or it's dying. And I think the same thing applies to connecting with influences, which I'll be honest, I mean, this is one of the most, I, everybody talks about it. I think it's still one of the most underrated things in having an online business. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to, you know, do it myself and I'll, I'll, you know, i got to get famous before, first before I connect with people. And the bottom line is, you're either trying to connect or you're not. Now, I know I spent a lot of time in the beginning when I was doing things that I was just like, someday I'm going to reach out to this person. Someday when I'm big enough. And then, the truth is, all I did was decide I was big enough and nothing had changed to reach out and see if this person wanted to work together. And I'm going to give you one... This is, so, for instance, if you've got, I, I'm trying to think, when I, I probably had three or 400, 500, 800 people on my email list before I started reaching out to people. I know, like, one of them was Derek Depker, and, uh, you know, because I tell that story all the time. It took me, like, 24 hours just to try to friend him on Facebook, which, as an influencer, you're happy to friend people that are nice to you, you know, on social media and so forth, and you're happy to have people on your list, and... You know, but a part of it was just the decision to actually go and decide, I'm going to reach out, and I'm going to reach out as if I am worthy of this person connecting with me. You know, from a standpoint of, can you know, the things we can do to work, do to work together. And the, the big thing when you're reaching out to somebody is, why would this person, you know, you're, you're telling yourself, why would this person work with me, you know, if their list is bigger than, you know, if, if, if Derek's got, I, he, I, he's got a huge list, but let's just say it was something far smaller than I think his is, like 10,000 and I've got 800 on my list. Why would he work with me? Uh, you can do that. You can go through that in your head and say, nah, never mind. I'll wait till I get bigger. But let me just say something from the opposite side of that equation, which is I've had multiple, multiple people that I assumed their list was smaller or they were just starting out uh, contact me, hey, do you want to get on a Zoom and just see if we got something in common that we could work together in some things? I've said yes. They've turned out to be my some of my best partners, my best friends. It's because it's from an in, if the influencer you're reaching out to is 
big picture oriented, there's nothing better than be partnering with somebody that's an up and comer. And those people that I partnered with, I know they've grown their list tremendously in the last couple of years too. So, the, you know, the idea that you, this influencer you want to reach out to will only accept invitations from people equal to or greater than them. If they do think that way, that's a little crazy. If they're, you know, if, if they get a million people on their list, they're probably pretty busy. They might be tough to get in touch with. But why wouldn't you partner, you know, if, you, if you've got 4,000 people on your list, why wouldn't you partner with somebody who's got 500? Because those 500 people, you're, you might find some, you know, some great long-term customers in there. You're building your audience. And you don't, you, you're not, you don't build your list to 4,000 by doing it in chunks of 4,000. You know, you built it one at a time like everybody else. And every little bit helps. And this something I learned from Ben Settle is, you know, th- these... As an influencer, you shouldn't be only reaching out to people that have a bigger audience than you. You should be reaching out to the people that have an audience s- smaller because that's how you can grow and you can add a lot of value to them as well. So uh, he's got, he talks about a lot of this in his uh, email list well book, which is awesome. And uh, just some of the ways that you could partner with people to basically both grow your lists and you want to make it win-win and one of the things he says is don't try to reach out to someone who has a bigger list than you you should be reaching so like for me i should be reaching out to people that are a little bit you know behind me in list and list size isn't the only kpi some people everybody on their list loves them and responds to them and reads their emails some people have huge lists and barely get barely an interaction and they only send an email once a week or once a month and try to sell something, uh, which is different than, I mean, I admittedly have something somebody can do on every email. But I email almost every day, and it's usually about a story or a tip or something so that they get some value out of reading the email. And, by the way, if you want my current thing I'm offering today, click on this link. But the idea is, you know, are you doing that or are you actually, you could be sitting still. You could be what I'll really call the, the, the anti-connector type is damaging those relationships before they even get going. And the first way you do that is trolling people and making comments on their list. I just, this, this just bewilders me beyond belief. And... I, I rant on it at least once every couple of weeks in an email and everywhere else, but where people will reply to an email and make some kind of snarky comment, I don't know how that serves you. And I'm not saying you do it, because if you're listening to this, you most likely don't do that. I've never seen Frank Kern, Brendan Burchard, Jeff Walker, any of these guys troll or, you know, they're, they're, people that are successful don't do that stuff. And I don't know what purpose it's... I just mentally, like, it's a waste of energy. I'm on a lot of people's lists. Sometimes they say stuff I don't like. I don't hit reply and say, that was blah, 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 snarky, snarky, snark. Because you've just, built, you've just burned that relationship for good. And if you think people don't, don't uh, keep track of that, guess what? 
their email or Google or whoever else keeps track of it for it. So if I get an email from somebody that I'm going to work with or wants to buy something or needs some help or or just even wants a, you know, a special, well, I don't really do deal with specials, but, I, you know, special requests, refund, whatever it is, or they just say, hey, I can't get at, you know, something that's going to cause me work. Like, I can't access this free thing you gave or whatever. I had someone do that a um, month or so, a couple months ago. Hey, you, you got me blocked. I can't get into your summit. I'm like, oh, well, it's probably Kartra. They probably have marked spam on too many emails to, uh, you know, and Kartra's flagged them or something. So let me check. And I go and check, and I'm like, no, Kartra didn't flag them. So I go into their profile, and I had I basically put a note in there. Oh, this person sent me a snarky message. And I went and looked, and sure enough, I searched in my my email account, which is Gmail business at this point, although I'm switching to Fastmail, but, and they, it, it, I, I said, you know what, take that back, I, I thought Cartridge might have flagged you, you sent me a nasty gram, sorry, and then they sent me something back, and then they trolled me more, went and wrote a bad book review, and tried to tell me that people were talking bad about me on social media, which I'm not even on anymore. So it was comical. But that this is a person that's obviously, if you're on my list, you're, the very least you're thinking about writing a book or you're going to be writing a book, and you go out and make enemies with people, it just makes no sense. Because I happily promote books for people to my list that are, you know, clients and friends and and you decide you're going to just give yourself 1.5 seconds of uh, virtue by sending an astrogram to somebody that's just it just doesn't make any sense but people will sabotage it that way the other thing people I, I found this this happened to me two or three weeks ago uh, another influencer which this is just I, wow you know, it's one thing for somebody that's just starting out to not know any better and, and write a snarky comment, like I was mentioning before. But this other, this person's an influencer, has a business, makes money, and we, we I had somebody um, and who had looked at something I offer and just kind of ghosted me afterwards. A Dunphy virtual summit ghosted me after the virtual Dunphy uh, after we talked about it twice, and then a year later, have a client about to sign on the dotted line to, to, for a done-for-you summit, and the client comes back, right, call, writes, emails, emails us and says, hey, can we, can I get the, uh, can I get the invoice, ready to go, and then doesn't, the payment doesn't come through, and the next day, it says, hey, I was talking to this other influencer, and they said I could get a better deal with you. And I was like, what? And I, that's bewildering to me. Somebody that's got some influence, some name recognition, and then basically sabotaging a, a deal with... Now, you know, with another influencer who 
you should it was already kind of we we already partnered on a couple things and I, I won't do it now um, but they basically that person basically said oh I you know I had a better deal on that a year ago well yeah it, you had a deal when we were first starting out we had some special pricing and a year later and you disappeared you acted like you were going to do it and then you disappeared which that's fine but then you're telling some other potential client that you're, you're friends with that they should ask for a, a discount I, I almost told the other client forget it you can't even have it at full price now and I probably will do that in the future but uh, in this particular case, it wasn't 100% my decision. Also, the client came back right away and said, okay, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Um, but that other influencer, man, that, uh, talk about anti-connection behavior. That was just like, well, I can tell you there won't be anything else going on in... Uh, you know, between you and I, so, and I, you know, I hate that stuff, I, I hate not having, I'm the type of person who wants to have a great relationship with everybody, and I know that's impossible, and so that's why that stuff's just like, oh, man, now, I, now I'm not going to work with this person, and there probably wouldn't have been much, too much to do, but it was just a really interesting decision to try to interfere with some some other negotiation that you had nothing to do with. It wasn't like this person, this influencer was an affiliate for this particular client. It was just, oh, you should try to get a better deal from them. And uh, anyway, that's what I call anti-connection behavior. So I just, you know, this stuff, they say the Internet never forgets. And I think that's true. And I've, I've asked around, you know, when I was getting some troll-like behavior in the beginning. It was like, you know, it's always painful when you first start trying to deal with it. And, uh, I, you know, I talk to people, and they're like, oh, yeah, I keep a list. <laughs> and I've got a, I've got, I built a little, took me 20 to 30 minutes, but I've built a whole tagging system. So somebody treats me bad, I just assign a tag to them, and I will know till the end of time not to work with this person. So, um, you know, and I've had that with, uh, you know, people treating us. I did some, I do some partner work with virtual summits and we've had some, a group of guys treat us badly and, and bash on our summit that were looking at it one of our, our summit service. And then they came back later and said, okay, I want to talk to you about this. I want to get on the phone. It's like, don't you remember sending us Nasty grams are bad, bad mouthing us. Uh, no, pick and choose. Always be willing to pick and choose your customers, even if it financially hurts. And uh, I'll tell you, the other thing somebody mentioned to me. Gosh, who was it? I can't. An influencer you would know the name of. I can't remember which one it was, but I. They basically said there is nothing more satisfying than saying no or giving somebody their money back when they're a bad fit, and then thinking like, you know, wait a second, every you have to take my money. Uh, it's just nothing more satisfying than getting rid of a potentially 
bad or, or, or currently bad client. And, you know, so that's, that's the beauty of the trolls and these anti-connectors. They're letting you know long in advance never to work with them. But that behavior I, bewilders me. You never know who your next partner might be. And it just doesn't, I mean, even then, it just doesn't even make any sense why you troll people uh, to make yourself feel good for a half a second. So that's the theme for today is anti-connectors. Now, if you want to be a connector and you want it to work fast and, and connect with other influencers fast, there is no better way than to host a virtual summit. I'm telling you, I, I've made so many new friends and great business partners just by like sending a simple email saying, hey, I'm doing this you know, summit on book profiting. Uh, would you be interested in talking? And then you, I can't tell you, in just a little chit-chat before we recorded interviews or afterwards, how much business has evolved from that. It, nothing beats that. That little, I'll, I'll, let's just narrow it down. That five to 20 minutes after you record an interview with somebody and you chit-chat and ask them what you can do for them, there has not been one better detail in my business than that five to 20 minutes that has made me more money. And that's why you should consider hosting a virtual summit. If you want to know more about that, you should check out summitlab.io or just go to ray.fm and, and find out more. But don't be the anti-connector. Be the connector. Connect with influencers. Grow your business. Be audience-centric. And build relationships with your online business, with your book, with whatever you're doing. And we just dipped in my ears, plugged up, changing altitude here. So I'm going to wrap it up with that. Thanks for joining me, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Book Profit Secrets. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said if he had six hours to chop down a tree, he would spend the first four sharpening his axe. That's what this podcast is meant to do. That's also what we do on our site, our companion site, Ray.fm. So check us out there and sharpen your axe, increase your influence, income, and audience, and we'll see you next time.